This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey y'all, how good is Connor Hellebuck? Very good. Very good. Welcome to the Grit Per 60 podcast, uh, where we cover the Jets from Florida. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, the Hockey Jets from Florida. The better Jets. <laughs> the good Jets. Um, the Jets actually have a prayer at being good. Might be a playoff team Jets, it turns out. Um, because the Western Conference is bad and is a giant mess. <laughs> The Pacific Division is a mess. Well, the Central is also a mess, too. I everything is a mess. Everything is... You know what? That's kind of the NHL in November. Everything is a mess. We still don't really know who anybody is who is actually competitive and who's still pretending. Like, you're a dumpster fire. You're a dumpster fire. We're all dumpster fires. <laughs> yeah, we've gotten to the point of the season where it's like, okay, so we've gotten... It's no... It's still small sample size hockey, but at least we've got a large enough sample size that we can guess how teams are, but most of it has still been, oh, this team's had a, a hot streak here and there, and this team's had a cold streak, so it's kind of skewing our projections, which makes it, to me, makes everything seem like a mess. Um, so, with that said, we have a lot to cover today. Yeah, we do have a lot to cover. We have some games to review, we've got some roster news, and maybe a few games to preview. All right. That being said, uh, we'll start with the first game since we last made a podcast. Uh, the 7-4 to four loss to the Anaheim Ducks to start off this road trip. Well, we did have the preview come out of, of these two games. We didn't really talk about the Anaheim game, though. Well, yeah, because we were recording it as the first period was going. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, lots to talk about in that one. Lots and lots of goals. Like, if you told me that the Jets were going to score four on Gibson... And allow seven against the Ducks? Well, no, I was just going to say, if you score four on Gibson, I'm like, okay, well, so did the Jets win, or... No, because they allowed seven. They allowed seven, <laughs> yes. Um, that's, and that, to me, is the, the worrying thing about this game, is you let the Anaheim Ducks, who are barely an NHL team... It's like John Gibson, Ryan Getzlaff, and... Uh... But that's it, really. Well, not only that, like, they allowed six goals at 5 on 5. That is bad. That <laughs> like, is super bad. Awful. It was like the rare bad game that we've seen from Connor Hall. Con yeah, I, you know, I opened up this, um, opened up this, uh, episode saying, how good is Connor Hellebuck? And this was, like, the one... This game, and I think the first game of the season against the Rangers were the two games that were just kind of like, ah, I kind of want to see him do better, and this is one in particular that's like, uh... Not great. Yeah. Not, not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. Right. But, uh, you know, other than... To me, because that was where the Jets lost this game, was because that mm -hmm. their defense was 
fine in this game. Offensively, they were pretty good. Um, but I think they lost it a lot based on goaltending. I mean, obviously, when it's a 7-4 to four game, like, yeah. the difference is one guy actually made a save every once in a while, the other guy didn't. Yeah, and it's like, if you're trying to get... If you're if the difference in your game is going to be goaltending, and you're coming up against John Gibson... You're going to have a good bad luck. time. You're going to have a bad time. Nine times out of ten, he's going to beat you. Uh, even if your goaltender is the good Connor Hellebuck. Although, I guess today we got bad Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, certainly. I mean, that's that's kind of how But that's going to happen. He, he's going to play, what, uh, 45, 50 games this year? Hellebuck's going to play a lot more than that. It's probably 60 55 He's going to get, he's going to get, yeah, well, I was just saying yeah. more than half, but I don't know what I'm, you know, I don't know. But anyway, over the course of 55-ish, 50 games, he's going to have a couple stinkers. This was one of those. He can't, you know, he can't save your team every single game. Um, but that was certainly, certainly an interesting game. Definitely not how I expected that game to go. Um, yeah, no, clearly both of us, you know, our predictions were nowhere near the 7-4 to four range. Uh, I would say Ellers, two go- three points from Nikolai Ellers. Could he get any help? in this game. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, wasn't this the game that you said uh, Jack Roslevic was going to get a hat-trick in? Or was, uh, that, or was that the San Jose game? I don't remember. I forget. I remember you mentioning that. I was like, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if that... Out. I mean, I probably mentioned it with the game, but it was a general... I just expect him to start scoring, and I was just like, well, put it on this game, because why not? Um, he did get an assist, though. So, he's getting there. But a lot, um, Tucker Pullman had an assist, so... Hey, there you go. Who, remember, never just Pullman on the broadcast. It's Tucker always Tucker Pullman. Tucker Pullman. Um, Kyle Connor with nine shots on goal, no points. Um, that sounds about right so far this season for Kyle Connor. I mean, okay, we, we, we mentioned that, but he he's had some points recently. He's coming in clutch when they need him. Overtime in particular, he's gotten overtime points. Um... And I think it was last night he had a goal and an assist against Vegas. Sounds about right. Um, and then I want to say he got points against the Sharks, too. Perhaps, maybe. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, he got uh, he had three points last night against the Kings. Or the, the Knights. Sorry. Uh, and that would be that would be very impressive if you played a hockey game against both the Knights and the, the Kings. Kings the same same Maybe they just merged the two teams. Because uh, all I'm seeing is just a BJK. We can just change that into Vegas Golden Kings. Oof. Oof. By that, I mean it's just the Knights, but with uh, Kopitar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone else on that team is kind of cooked. So. Yeah. Um, it's 2012 over there. But, and then he also had two points against the Sharks. Um but yeah, it just seems like nine shots, and, a, and as much as I hate plus minus, just to put a put a minus three on that night. Just kind of, it's, well, it's, it's just kind of how like the season has been for Kyle Connor, where it's like he's kind of playing well, but like mm-hmm. he's not had the production to like come with that. But five points in his last two games brings him to a much more respectable eleven points in fifteen games if you're a points person. Right. So tr- trending in the right direction. Yeah, and you know it's good to see uh, guys like Kyle Connor get well. Okay, not in this game, 
But guys like Blake Wheeler get on the score sheet, Nikolai Ellers, Brian Little, because those are the guys you want to see, particularly coming out of last week, it was seemed like those were the guys that were not scoring, not getting on the score sheet, and you saw how the Jets struggled when, when they're not producing, and then we get this game, and that top six is scoring goals. Unfortunately, so was the other team, um, but it's good to see that. Um, any other takeaways from this game? It was kind of a rough night for that top line. I mean, it was it was a tough night for the big boys. Lots of lots of goals against for them. Yeah. Despite you know, what I thought was a pretty good like team effort at least at five on five. They just got buried by some uh, not great goaltending. Mm. But uh, that line of Ellers, Little, and Rosovic was really good. And oh, that's right. I forget that Ellers isn't in that top six, even though I think he should be. I, well, no, because if he's on Little's line... Oh, you, you said Roslovic. Well, I said Ellers, Little, Roslovic. Right. They're all playing together because right. uh, line A was out for this one. I, I assumed, you know what, I had a brain fart. Don't worry about it. It happens. Um, so you're good on this one? I'm good on this one. I think the biggest takeaway here is that, yeah, they lost the game. But what they're struggling with, I'm not worried about becoming a long-term problem. Yeah, they lost a game that I'm not really concerned. They, they lost a game that I don't think they're going to lose a lot this year. I don't expect them to lose a lot of games 7-4. to four. Luckily, they made up for it by winning a game they probably shouldn't have won. Or actually, they got a point from a game they should get nothing from. Well, no. They, they won. They beat the Sharks. Oh, Hey. Hello. Hello. Speaking of brain farts, it's like back to back, man. Get Jeez. it together. Um, oh, good lord. Jeez. All right. Well they, well, they won a game they should not have been in. Yeah, yeah. This was... This This is where Connor Hellebuck comes into play. The Jets got out-attempted at 5-on-5, 58-23, and <laughs> won. <laughs> Just... This, Sorry, second. say those numbers again. The Jets were out-attempted 58-23 to at 5-on-5. 58 shots. And one. Shot, shot attempts. Shot attempts. Okay. Mind you, but Connor Hellebuck made what? It was It was like 50-something saves. Unreal night for Connor Hellebuck. Yeah. I mean, really, any sort of analysis of this game starts and ends with Connor Hellebuck. Connor Hellebuck was good. Just I mean, the, the Jets were, were not, as a whole, did not play well. No. Did not play well. And the Sharks, I thought, did play well. Now, how much of that is... The Sharks actually finding their stride for once, or the Jets just not playing hockey. I, I'm not sure. So Connor Hellbuck's expected goals against at all situations, according to Natural Statric last night, or not last night, against the Sharks. 6.01. <laughs> he was expected to give up six goals. So he should have given up and six goals. And he allowed goal. three. Two. Two. Yes. Jeez, I'm referring to. We're, we're all over we're messed it's today. A, it's a weekend. Yes, it is. It is Sunday. Mm. In other words, it is a Sunday. But yes, he allowed two goals. Was expected to give up six, and I, I just—it's hard for me to be like, yeah, anyone else played well? Like, no, not really. No, not not really. But when your goalie saving ninety-six percent of the shots, you just happen to win some games. Who'd have thunk? Not me. Opposing team takes advantage of the Sharks' bad goaltending. My column. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it, I mean, it certainly does help when the other guy gives up uh, 
three goals on a handful of shots, you know? Okay, you're a Sharks fan. How did you feel the Sharks played last night? Or that, not last night. Yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. I mean, I feel good about it. I mean, it was a lot of point shots, but it's also, like, they finally got back to, like, their brand of offense that was last year and was that, like, they finally managed to create second and third opportunities. Um, so, to me, that was a, that's a good start. Um, but at the same time, like, you got to score eventually. Like, <laughs> and it's, at some point, it's, it's got to be... It's got to be the, your big guys of Logan Couture, Timo Meyer, um, because other than Evander Kane, they haven't really had a consistent goal scoring threat, except for I guess apparently uh, Barkley Goodrow, playoff champion. Yes, Barkley Goodrow, Game Seven legend Barkley Goodrow. Have not and stopped watching that. What's his, what's the guy's name that set him up? Brod Brodsky. Brodzinski. Brodzinski. Yeah, yeah, Johnny Brodzinski. Exactly, exactly how the Sharks drew that up. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just it's tough to really talk about anything in this game other than the play of Connor Halibut. Because other than that, it's just like, oh, here's something. That goaltender interference that got mm. called back. Oh yeah, that could have totally they, uh, changed yeah, that game. That could have been yeah, that could have been a a two nothing game at that point. To me, it's, it, it, it's tough for me to blame LeBanc. On that goaltender interference, right? Because he's clearly just trying to bite the puck. Like he's not trying to push yeah. Hellbuck into the net. He's not trying to lift a pad or anything. He's just trying to play the puck. And there's such minimal contact to me that's hard to be like, yeah, Hellbuck had no chance to make that save. Yeah, that was a, certainly an interesting. I don't pretend to uh, make sense of the decisions the NHL makes sometimes, but that was certainly. And I get this is. This isn't how replay works, but it's tough for me to look at that play and be like, yes, Hellebuck would have still made the save had he not been interfered with. Interfered with big ol' air quotes. You know, like, yeah, it felt like such an inconsequential part of the play that for them to be like, hey, this was goaltender interference just seems kind of lame to me. Well, if the NHL decides, well, yeah, he pushed the pad, that's all it takes. But to me, like, it's just further evidence that goaltender interference is, like, maybe one of the worst rules in sports. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I get that generally there has to be a rule in it. There has like, to hey, be a rule in it. You can't yeah. interfere with the goaltender. But the fact that... It's it so well... Like, it's so poorly managed, I think. It It's like... You know, to me, it's like it's like, what's a catch? Like, <laughs> it's hard to properly define what a catch is other than, hey, that looks like a catch. Like, other than the whole, you know, 20 guys in a bar... Th- test, you know? Yeah. It's hard for me to just be, like, definitively, like, these two different events, like, and they, 20 this guys one, are... this one's goaltender appearance, and this guy, or, or this one isn't goaltender appearance. And 20 guys at a bar seems, like, a bit much. I think you just need, like, five really for uh, that test. I, I feel like, uh, it's too much of a possibility for outliers. And well... People. I feel like you're, I feel like you're better listen, off Listen, this is nice... a bar test. You're... Using way too much statistics with this. Well, no, but in order, in order to keep get it a, simple, in order, in order to get a good read on it, you need to get a decently sized random sample. Just watch the game, nerd. <laughs> Sorry, trying to do things properly. Jeez. Listen, if we're going to do the, the okay, Braddock. 
if we're gonna do the the bar thing, has to be done correctly. <laughs> but I th <laughs> we're getting off topic. But I think the point of the bar test is not to be statistically uh, sound. You're just supposed to get some guy's opinion. Agree to disagree. But anyway, um, any any other comments on this on this Sharks game? I mean, I think you know if we look back at uh, the Anaheim game and thinking, oh man, this team's in trouble. Well, no, because what let you down in the Anaheim game is what won you the San Jose game. Yeah, right? like, and we're gonna see far more of these games. Then I think we are going to see the Anaheim game. Yeah. So I think overall, this team will be okay. Yeah, because from what I've seen this year is that Connor Hellbuck is actually good. And Connor Hellbuck is actually good. Also, just given the fact that the Jets weren't as bad as the scoreline would suggest, at least defensively, um, to me that tells me that you're not going to get a lot of drastically bad performances from Hellbuck like that again this season. And... Uh, Gabriel Bork got his first goal of the season against the Sharks in typical Sharks fashion. We give up all sorts of it. Whether it's first goal with a new team, first NHL goal, yeah. first goal in X amount of games, the Sharks are fantastic for all of those things. When they played Vegas... <laughs> no, the Flyers are great for those things. When they played so. Vegas to start the year, and I saw like, Cody Glass was making his NHL debut, I'm like, okay, well, Cody Glass is scoring tonight because we always give up first career NHL goals. It always happens. And what do you know Cody Glass scored in that game? So I just wanted to throw that out there. Minor tangent. But um, also Wheeler getting on the board, as we said. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers getting on the board, his seventh of the year. So, yeah, I, I think... Um, yeah, I feel like Jets fans are starting to feel a lot better about this team. Mm -hmm. um, and we talked about it after the Heritage Classic. We were talking, hey, you know, a few things are better than getting a win outdoors against yeah. a conference opponent in front of your fans. Like, that's got to be some sort of uh, boost, right? Because, like, I'm sure that while, you know, when they were playing against the Sharks, like, I'm sure they weren't thinking about the Heritage Classic, right? But there's got to be some morale boost in there to get a, a big win like that and then transfer that momentum into this road swing. Okay. And with that, you want to talk about the Knights? I mean, I, I'm always down to talk about the Knights. You always talk about the Knights losing? Uh, I am all about that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was, I was nervous about this game because it was a back-to-back -back going from San Jose to Vegas, which I'm yes. sure... I, you know, coming into this game, I was, I kind of had this written off as a Jets loss. Um, what were you thinking? I was thinking, like, that's not a fun trip. No. That's not, that's not a fun trip. Like, mm -mm. Uh, you know, you get done in San Jose, probably, like, the game's probably over at, like, 10, 11 p.m. their time. Mm -hmm. And then you have to, I, I would imagine they flew to Vegas to just chartered. I would imagine. Charter so. to Vegas or private flight. I don't know how I mean, NHL handles their flights. I know Nevada is right there next to California, but at the same time, that's still from from Northern California to the, the tip of Nevada. Like, that's a pretty... Yeah. It's, I imagine it's not necessarily a, a fun trip. trip. That's a lengthy trip. I imagine you get there early in the morning, you just want to get some sleep, and then next thing you know, you got to get up and then go down to the rink. You know, I imagine that... I mean, back-to-backs already suck, but I imagine just going from San Jose to Vegas in one day is not particularly fun. Nope. Um... 
But yeah, so when you and I were watching this game together, and when Vegas went up three one, I think we both kind of wrote it off. Yeah, kind of checked out. Like, all right, Vegas has a three one lead. This is a back to back. Vegas is the better team. Listen, as a Sharks fan, I've seen Vegas jump out to many, way too many early leads at home. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, yeah, I was totally like, okay, this is how it's going to go tonight. Great, great. You know, because Brassois already hasn't been that great this year, and then just to just jump off like that, bam, you're down three months. Like, okay, we're in for a long night. But it turns out, the way to beat Vegas, let them have a two-goal lead. That's it. Give them a two-goal lead in the first period. They will throw it away. I feel like the key is to just let Vegas take a 3-1 lead. Let Vegas take a 3-1 <laughs> lead. There we go. Uh, but but I, I said two-goal lead because they, they blew a 2 nothing. I think it was a 2 nothing lead the night before or two nights before. I know, but any time, given how bad the season's been for the Sharks, any time I get an opportunity to uh, make fun of Vegas by them, especially when they blow a 3-1 lead, again, you know, I just have to I have to make note of it. And in the, in the game against the Sharks, you mentioned... Bort getting his first NHL goal. He gets an assist on that first one. It was a great play, too. He took, created a turnover in the offensive zone, threw it in front of the net, and Perot gets a stick on it and deflects it towards the towards the goal. Yeah. Fantastic play. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, it was just three straight it was, Vegas yeah, goals. Vegas, Vegas gets a power play, scores on it. Um, then Max Pacioretty scores a even-strength goal, and then Nate Schmidt scores a 4-4 four four goal. Like, all within the span of, like, what, five minutes? Four minutes? No, it's like three minutes. Yeah. Just bam, 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 bam. And at that point, it's just like, okay, it's I'm not going to expect Brossois to pull this team out of this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, what were you going to say? Well, one of the things that I liked is, you know, I brought up the fact that it wasn't a great night for the top line against Anaheim. But, hey, the uh, game-time goal was Mark Shifley. Yeah. And the OT winner was Kyle Connor. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, you get into these situations, especially against good. Kyle teams. Connor with Line A. That over that overtime winner from Kyle Connor. That was a lot of back and forth between him and Line A, like a lot of give and go. Like they, that was beautiful to watch. Those two really work well together on that three on three scenario. Yeah, I still feel like if hockey was primarily played at three on three, the Jets would be one of the more fun teams in the league. <laughs> No defense, well, would, no yeah, breaks all the time. <laughs> they they wouldn't need guys like Potato. Yeah, no, they would. Or you Tucker know, Pullman. You just you just run like Bianca Morrissey the entire yeah, the entire time. <laughs> I'm still waiting for them to go. I still want to see more NHL teams like run three forwards in overtime. You know, I say this all the time, but I I just I every time like, the Jets go to overtime, this gets brought up. I feel like the master strat in in NHL three on three overtime is you put out your best face off guy. And then you have, like, you know, your two best players after that. Your best player, your best face-off guy wins the face-off, gets off the ice as quickly as possible, <laughs> jumps back on while your team is playing possession, and then you just own the puck until you eventually score. To me, that would be the strat. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, three-on-three three strategies aside, big, two points. I mean, I mean hey, anyone would have been content with one point. Yeah. Especially coming on a back-to-back, coming back on the road in a pretty hostile environment, on a back-to-back, down three-one. 
I think anyone would have taken a point. But for them to get two... Listen, in that central division... To get four points, to get four points in two days? Yeah. Massive. Given how much of a weird, discombobulated mess the Western Conference is yeah. this year, like, to me, any points matters. Any points matters. Yes. I speak the English. Good um, I'm sure that, that's what AP Style says, is, is, to do that. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um... So, yeah, so kind of a messy first period from the Jets. And then, did the... I don't know, like, did, did, the, did the Knights just, like, sit back and invite the Jets to, to shoot? Because it seemed like they... The Jets... I know their goals came in the third period, but the Jets also ran the second period. Like, the Jets were the better team for most of this game. After that first period, the Jets were the better team. Yeah, I mean, some of that is, you know, score effects a little bit, like, especially in the third period. But, yeah, I think that, you know, they used to do what any team does, and they did, yeah, I think they did sit back a little bit. I'm just very anti-sit back. I think, I think Very, just, don't defend. Keep your foot on the gas pedal. Win the game. Yeah, I mean. Simple as that. Watching teams play super conservatively with leads not only makes me mad, makes me, like, have a heart attack every time, especially in the playoffs. So I always appreciate it when teams are like, you know what? What's you know better than a one-goal lead? A two-goal lead. Yeah. Do you risk giving up another goal? Yeah, but I don't feel like letting the opponent have all the possession in your defending end is a great solution either. Um... Okay, any, and we can't talk about Connor Hellebuck in this game because it was Brossois who after that first period cleaned things up, but it, it did get easier for him as the game went on, I thought. Um, also, awesome overtime goal in this one. I mean, or not this one, not, we already talked about the overtime goal. Um, I did want to mention, um, who was it? Someone had more points, and I'm not, I'm drawing a blank. Who were the goal scorers? Matthew Perot had two goals. Yeah. You know, sometimes you need death contributions. And they got, you know, Matthew Perot's a decent death piece. And, you know, they got two goals out of them tonight, you know. Two goals. Mike Shifley scoring again. So, again, that's that top six. Yeah. Um, awesome stuff. Any other thoughts? No, just, you know, you're just concluding a good, good road swing. Um... All right, and with that, I want to bring up something before we preview the next games. Okay. Vila Hanela sent down to the AHL. Yeah, it's, it's a tough decision because I, I guess they just decided that they would rather hold on to his entry-level deal for another year. But it's frustrating. Cause it like, is frustrating. It's like the Jets are caught they, in this they're weird... They're better with him on the ice! The Jets are caught... To me, like the Jets are caught in this weird... Um, thing where they're like halfway between or I guess a third of the way somewhere between they're like somewhere in the middle of like retooling rebuilding and competing oh yes I know this well right like I'm familiar with this strategy right like they're good enough to be in the midst of playoff contention I think right yet right now they're just outside mm-hmm. of the playoffs uh they're not bad enough to be completely rebuilding no but they haven't really moved pieces or moved, brought in enough young guys to suggest that they're retooling for this year either. 
so it's kind of hard for me to be like, I don't, you know, it's kind of hard for me to judge like what exactly the front office's vision is at this point. Um, yeah, and this is this is a strategy that I am well acquainted with, um, and they're kind of situated well for it because their their core is older, but not like. Yeah, but I mean, right, like, like they're still in their prime. Yeah, because and it's so you don't really want, you don't want to blow it all up. Right. But you do have some some young guys like Hanela, and now Neil Pionk, who are ready to step in and become those secondary pieces that might make you much more um, competitive. But. My problem is, is that it's kind of hard for me to suggest, hey, they should just completely tear it down. No. Because their farm system isn't great. There's no, there's no Mark Shifley replacement. There's no Patrick no. Line A replacement. There's no Kyle Connor replacement in, in the AHL. So, you know. Well, I mean, I guess, ideally, uh, Veselainen becomes that guy. Yeah, but still. Or at least... And I'm, I'm right there with you. If, if we can get these guys to supplement what we already have, I think that would be ideal, rather than trying to replace him. Um, and I, don't, I definitely don't think it's time to blow this up. Um, just because they've got the pieces there to, to at least be good. Right. We just need something to take them that next step. Um, and if they expect any help from Dustin Buffon, it's probably mm, not coming this probably year. Probably not coming this year. So, well, I mean, we continue to keep an eye on it, but with him going undergoing ankle surgery, it, yeah, that to me that's um, just probably not not happening. So somebody did bring up the the talking about um, Villa Hanala that that he doesn't want Hanala anywhere near this mess of a defensive core. That it would be better for his game to play in the AHL, better for his development. And what do you think about that? I mean, I guess, but he's proven that he is at least, like, talented enough to stick in some role in the NHL. Right? Like, it's not like you were putting him in the third pairing role and had him play, like, ten minutes at night. He was getting good minutes when he wasn't, you know, in the press box for some reason. Because Lucas Saviza. Yeah, because we need Lucas Saviza, Carl Dahlstrom, and um, Anthony Potato in there. To, and Tucker Pullman. Yeah, Tucker Pullman to, for the grit and veteranosity outside of, you know, Tiger Pool. It's just... Yeah, I, I agree. This is a team that is better with him on the ice than they are with him elsewhere. Um, and I guess if you really if you really want to conserve his uh, ELC, I, I guess that's a business decision, but you're hurting the product. You're hurting the NHL product by making I mean, this decision. It would also make me mad if I were a player. I mean, if I, if I were with Hanala every day and seeing how this kid plays, and then for them just to send him down this year, it's, you know, to me, if mm -hmm. it effectively, effectively feel like them punting on the year, and it's like, you know, we're expected to compete out there, yeah, but we're not getting any help from the guys upstairs. That's a good way of looking. But I almost wonder if some of those guys think more highly of guys like Botetto, maybe, than we do necessarily. But, but the problem is, is that. Defensively, they don't really have any youth that they're playing. I mean, like, no, what, Tucker no. Pullman's, like, the youngest one. He's, like, 24, right? How old is Neil Pionk? Oh, uh, Neil Pionk. Okay, Neil Pionk I will I will concede on. But the others, it's like, 
we know that guys like Dahlstrom and Sviza and uh, Potato. We know they're bad. We, and Kulikov. We know these are bad players. We know, bad, yeah. we know that these players are not good. And, and they're I, not going to be the future of this team. But yeah, let's just keep acquiring them and push the young guys out of the lineup. And I guess I guess Kulikov is probably a better example of what I was talking about. Someone that's thought of highly in the organization is definitely not going to get sent down or probably isn't going to sit very much. Um, even though, to you and me, we look at him and say, he's not really a good player, but he's he's been around the league and he's had some success in the past. Um Okay. Any other thoughts? You ready to move on? Uh, yeah, we can just talk briefly about the upcoming schedule. I think we're going to be good for today. Well, I mean, the upcoming schedule between now and our next podcast is just hosting the New Jersey Devils. Yeah. Yeah. I, I for one so. hope we curb on the Devils. Yeah, well, I know that you hate the Devils because, yeah, you know, well, they're, they're a trash organization. So. But, I mean, it's a pretty... It's kind of a mixed bag coming up, you know, in the next five games. You've got the Devils who have struggled to start the year mm-hmm. and the Stars who have struggled to start the year. But then you have two teams that might be good. I still don't have a good read on the Canucks and the Panthers. And then you just have the Avalanche who just seem to, you know, want to beat the entire world this year. Well, but the Avalanche, I think they – I mean, I know they lost last night, and I want to say they are starting to – Drop back down. Yeah, they're trying to fall back to earth. Because um, some of the stuff they were doing was just off the charts. But, you know, by the but, time we get to that game, we'll have a better understanding of who Yeah, they but are. It, it's still not a... I mean, the good news is that the next four games are at home. Good news both for the Jets and for our sleeping schedules. Yes. But, uh, you know, the next four are at home, and then they go on an Eastern Coast swing. Thank goodness. <laughs> they go on an East Coast swing and then play in the afternoon. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't save those East Coast games for when I need to sleep. Yeah, exactly. But hey, it's still better than another, you know, eight o'clock start. Yeah. Um, and right so now, New Jersey Devils. Um, yeah. Sorry, uh, you, no, I was going to just say, you know, one more thing is that right now, I mean, the Jets are fourth in the Central. I think they're just outside of a playoff spot because the Knights and the Flames have more. It's and the too Titans early to worry about playoffs. Right, but it's also win games. But I mean, typically, like American Thanksgiving is when. You know, usually if you're in a playoff spot come American Thanksgiving, you're going to make the playoffs. Like, it's, despite the fact that it's a long season, most of the time, like, if you go back and look, most of the time, if you're in a playoff position at American Thanksgiving, you're going to make the playoffs. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. We still have the most of the month to go. But I still think it's, you know, you still don't want to find yourself like the Sharks with nine points in 15 games, you know. Because those are the kind of holes that are nearly impossible to dig yourself out of. Mm-hmm. You know, this is another drastic example. Well, I'll backtrack. I'm not going to use any, any, the example I was thinking of. But, like, last year's Coyotes. Awful, awful start. And they played pretty well in the second half of the season, but they still couldn't make the playoffs because they dug themselves such a big hole. And the good news is, with all the things that we talked about, going off the Jets on and off the ice, they're still in the thick of it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to briefly touch on the Devils. They're a bad team. Yeah. Could be a lot worse for them. Um, I think maybe they're starting to pick it up more recently. Um, but this is a, this is a game that the Jets should win. I commented last episode before the, before the Jets, uh, West Coast swing and that the coaches that they would face would be, uh, new coach, 
coach on the hot seat and a Jack Adams winner. With the Devils game, it's going to be the last four games will have been uh, new coach, coach on the hot seat, Jack Adams winner, coach on the hot seat. Fun. Fun. Um, and it'll be interesting because, you know, the last time the Jets and the Devils played each other, the Jets came back down, what was it, 4 nothing? Oh, yeah, that was, it was, I think it was 3 nothing, and they went 4-3. Maybe. I, I feel like I should have known that one off the top of my head. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say 4 uh, nothing Jets. Yeah, I, I really, it was, it was 5-4, so they were down 4 Oh, uh, they were down 4 nothing. Yeah. Got it. Um, I, I think this is going to be an interesting one because the Devils have zero goaltending between Mackenzie Blackwood and Corey Schneider. They, they just traded for Louis Domingue. Okay, but still, Louis Domingue isn't a world leader either. No, but he's an upgrade over Mackenzie Blackwood. Right, but still, like, that's not a great goaltending no. situation. When you're saving graces, Louis Domingue, you're in some deep Sharks-level waters. <laughs> okay. Um... But that being said, uh, I'm going to take the Jets 5-2. Okay. All right. Um, with that being said, uh, any final comments? Connor Hellbuck is good. Yeah, Connor Hellbuck's good. Uh, all right. I feel like we already did that final comments before. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, uh, thank you for getting this far. Um, please feel free to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at GritPer60Pod. TC, where can they find you? I'm at Twitter at I'm on Twitter and on Instagram at TC underscore nine zero four, and you can find me on Twitter at bfarrell seven two seven. All right. That being said, thank you all for watching and have a good one. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.